All right, so we're holding, uh, let's get back into Mishnah. So we're holding in uh, the beginning of Perik Zion. So last, last time we learned, last Thursday before uh, Labor Day. So uh, we started at the beginning of the seventh parak, which is talking about the halachas of Zimun, of benching with a Zimun. So we just like sort of introduced the idea of Zimun. But now the Mishnah goes on, right in the beginning of Mishnah Aleph, to go on to talk about different types of foods that would be workable with a zeman. The basic principle is as follows. In order for a zeman to work, for, for a zeman to happen, the food that has to, that's being eaten has to be food that unites, food that unites. So for example, if you have three people that want to have a zeman and two of them are eating kosher food, right? And one person is eating non-kosher food, then that, that's not going to be good enough for a zeman. Why? Is because even if a person's eating non-kosher food, it's not so much about him that he's not able to be part of his zimun. He's a yid, he can be part of his zimun. The problem is, is that the food that he's eating can't be shared by everyone else. So it's, it's so there, therefore there's a lack of connection between all three people. If the food that's being eaten by one of the people is not workable, uh, you know, it's not something that other people can unite around. And so that's why it would not be, uh, not be good for his zimun. So what the Mishnah is going to be doing, this Mishnah Aleph over here, it's going to be giving us many examples of different foods which are either kosher or non-kosher. And that'll tell you whether it'll be good enough, whether it could be, uh, you know, food that, that you have a zeman on or not. But the Mishnah is going to, like I mentioned last time, it's using this as an opportunity to throw at us and to weave in all many halachas in different areas all revolving around this Nakuda of is this food kosher or not? But it's using this as an opportunity to sort of uh, broaden us to many different ideas. So let's see it together. Again, it's Mishnah Aleph. Again, three people eat food together. Then they have to do a zimun. That's the halacha. So it says the Mishnah like this. Achel demai. Let's say the food that's being eaten is called demai. What's demai? And again, each, uh, each piece of the Mishnah needs its own background. Demai is as follows. A person has a farm in Etzisro, so we know that he has to take off trumas and mices, he has to take off ties, he has to give it to the appropriate people, the kain alevi, as we see soon. The halach is that until trumas and mices are taken off, the food is trafe. The food is trafe. You, you have a wheat field, right? and, and you haven't, you have not yet taken off trumas and mices, the wheat is trafe, mamish trafe, it's called tevel. Now, the halach is, if let's say I go to uh, Makolet, right, in Israel, and it's run by religious people, and they have a heksher on it, so the heksher says, not only the food is kosher, the heksher in Eretz Israel says, Shumas and Maishas were taken off. The halach is, Chazal instituted the following, the following issue, is that let's say you go to a store, and the person that's running the store, or the farmer, is what's classified as Nama Aretz. Nama Aretz means a person that's not, super religious, doesn't take Yiddishkeit very, very seriously. So this Amaretz tells you, true uh, and were taken off. So can I rely on it? So technically, technically, he's a Yid, and he is religious, and he says to you, true and were taken off, so technically it's fine. But Chazal, because of the concern of maybe some Amaretz would be lying about this, so Chazal made a rabbinic prohibition, and they said that any food that's that's that that's owned by an amaretz that you're that you're taking of. You have to be concerned that chumas and mices were not taken off, and therefore you have to take off chumas and mices yourself. 
this food that's from an Amoritz, that that technically speaking is motor because he said it was it's kosher, but you don't necessarily want to trust him so much. Chazal don't want you to trust him so much. That's called demai. That's called demai. Demai, the word demai is a combination of two words. Dalmai, what is this? In other words, the farmer says it's kosher and he says chumas and nicers are taken off, but I don't know if I could trust him completely. So because of that, Chazal said you have to be machmer and not eat it until you take off chumas and nicers. But because it's only a rabbinic decree, and technically speaking, the farmer is a from Yid, and he says it's kosher, you can trust him. So because of that, there are certain leniencies in this prohibition of eating demai. So for example, Hazal said that although when you, when you buy produce from an Amoritz, you're not allowed to eat it, and you have to take of Trumas and Maestris, but a poor person is allowed to. That's an example. A poor person is allowed to. Or I'll give you another example. Um, on Shabbos, you could eat it. Because on Shabbos, you can't take off Trumas and Maestris. That's not prohibited, not, not permitted on Shabbos. So on Shabbos, we return to the regular halacha, which is that you could trust the Amoritz. So there are certain heterim wove in to, to demai. So says the mission like this, demai, let's say let's say someone who's not poor and it's not Shabbos, he's doing the wrong thing. He's eating demai. Can you use him for zimun? So the halach is, yes, all these, all these things listed are going to be allowed for zimun. Why? Even though demai is not supposed to be eaten, but as I said, first of all, me'ikar adin, technically speaking, it's kosher. And even after there are abundant, there are binic decree to say that you cannot trust the Amaritz and you have to take up Trumas and Maestris, there's still had tear woven in. And theoretical cases, you could eat it. So you can't classify this trait. And that's the idea over here. The mission is giving us examples of food that even though you're not allowed to eat it, you can't say it's trait. Can't say it's trait. And the first example of that is the mind. So something that you're not allowed to eat, but you can't classify as trait, you, you, even though you're not allowed to eat it right now, and there is being done. But it's 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 food that can be you can make a zimun on. It's 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 able to connect yidden because there are circumstances in which the other people would be able to eat that food. Let's say they would be poor, or let's say it would be on Shabbos. There are circumstances where they could eat demai. So because of that, demai has the ability of unifying yidden. That's the first example. Another example: ma'aserishin shenit l'trumasai. Ma'aserishin shenit l'trumasai means as follows. I mentioned that again. You have a farm. And you have to then give off trumas and meisers. So the way the process is as follows. Again, like I said, the Mishnah is, is using this as a platform to discuss many halachas. So it looks like this. Again, I have a wheat field. So the first thing I have to take off is what's called truma. Okay, truma means a fiftieth, a fiftieth of my produce I give to the kain. I give to the kain. That's truma. Then I have to take off something that's called meiser. What's meiser? Meiser is a tenth. I take off a tenth of my produce and give it to a levy. I give it to a levy. <clears throat> now, once the levy now has the tenth, now the levy has to take off what's called trumas meiser. The levy has to take off a tenth of what was given to him to give to a kain. That's the halacha. So I, the balabas, I'm Yisrael, I give a fiftieth of my entire crop to a kain, and I give a tenth of my crop to a levy, and the levy then takes a tenth of what was given to him, a tenth of a tenth, and he gives that to a kain. Okay, so and and until the levy, until the levy gives off uh, his truma, then he's not allowed to eat his meiser that was given to him. So says the Mishnah. So says the Mishnah like this: Meiser rishon shenit the trumasei. Meiser rishon shenit the trumasei means that let's say again, like I said, the proper order is I take of truma. 50th of the kind, 
and then I give a tenth to Levi, he takes off a tenth to give to a Kayan, and then everything is fine. The Allah is, let's say, let's say the Levi comes and takes his tenth, he takes his miser before the farmer had the opportunity to give a fiftieth to a Kayan. So that would, that would still be a problem. In order for the Levi to be allowed to eat his food, not only does he have to take off a tenth of his stuff, but the 50th of the entire crop has to be taken off first. But there's one caveat, there's one technic technical exception. In order for me as the farmer to be obligated to give truma, to give the 50th of my crop to the Kayan, it has to be considered, the, 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 the food has to, um, uh, the crop has to be gathered together and brought into my property from the field into the silo, into the house, whatever it is. Once it's brought into my property, then I'm obligated to give a 50th to the Kayan and, and so on and so forth. If the Levi, this is the example of the Mishnah, if the Levi comes and takes his 10th, he takes his miser, before I was even obligated to give the 50th to a Kayan, so for example, while the food is still out in the fields, the Levi comes and takes his 10th, so while the food is out in the field, I'm not obligated as the farmer to give a 50th to the Kayan yet. So this is all inappropriate. What really should happen is the Levi should wait his turn. I should first bring the food into my into the silo, into the you know, into the storehouse, whatever it is. I'm then obligated to give a 50th to the Kayan. I do that, and then I give a tenth to the Levi, and the Levi gives a tenth of his to the Kayan, and then everything is fine. But if the Levi preempts me and he takes his tenth first before I was even obligated to give a 50th to the Kayan, then technically because he took it before I was even obligated, so then as long as he takes off a 10th from what he received to give to the Kayan, the fact that I didn't take off a 50th yet doesn't affect me because he took it before I was even obligated to give a 50th. Even though he, was, he, he did the wrong thing, this whole thing was inappropriate, he, has to, he should wait his turn. He didn't, he jumped the gun, but because he jumped the gun and he took his 10th before I was even obligated to give off a 50th. So technically his food is going to be kosher as long as he takes off his 10th that he has to take off anyway. So says the Mishnah, again, this is the second example of food which is being eaten inappropriately. Like this, he, the, the lady should not have his miser yet. He should really wait for the farmer to take off truma first, but he didn't, he jumped the gun. So even though it was inappropriate and there's something wrong with the meal that he's eating because he shouldn't be eating it, he shouldn't have had it already, well, Lamaisa, if he did in such a way, then, then the food is technically kosher and zimun could happen. So it says the mission, this is the language, Maiserishan. Maiserishan means the tenth that the lady took for himself. Shinit the Trumasa, that he took off, he took off a tenth of that. So he did everything he was supposed to do. But meanwhile, the farmer didn't take off a 50th over the whole crop to give to the kind originally. So again, usually that the, the fact that the farmer didn't take off a 50th yet would make everything treif. Even things that are in the lady's possession, everything would be treif. But if the lady, again, as I said, took the 10th first before the food, the produce was brought into a silo, before it was brought into a warehouse, so it was never obligated, it, never, it was never given a chance to be obligated for truma for that 50th to be taken off, then technically, although the lady jumped the gun and he did something inappropriate, technically his food is kosher because it was, it was taken by him at a time of where the entire crop was not yet obligated 
in Shuma, in that 50th to be taken off. So Maeser Rishon Shlita Shumasai is also technically kosher. Another example, Maeser Shani, the Hektish Shaniftu. Okay, another example. So I mentioned this, that, that uh, again, the farmer takes off Truma, a 50th of the Kayan, that this should be the order. First, he brings the food into his, pro, into his silo, into his warehouse. He's now obligated to take off a 50th. He does that. He takes off a 50th of the Kayan. He takes off then a 10th to the Levi. The Levi takes off a 10th of that to give to a Kayan. But then there's another 10th that the farmer has to take off, and that's called my Shani. Not every year does he have to do this, but a few years in Shemitah and the Shemitah cycle. Maishasheni means he separates a tenth, and this food that's being separated, he doesn't have to give it to anyone, but he has to eat it in Yerushalayim. That's called Maishasheni. He has to go to Yerushalayim. Now, the halachi is, it, it might be difficult for him to get to Yerushalayim. Maybe by the time he gets to Yerushalayim, the food will be rotten, you know? So the halachi is that Maishasheni is able to be redeemed. It means that, let's say, the tenth that he takes off to eat in Yerushalayim, is worth $1,000. So then he takes $1,000 and he says the Kedusha on this food should be transferred over to the $1,000. And then that could happen. He can do such a transfer. The food is then regular food. He can eat whatever he wants, whenever he wants it. And the money now has to be spent on food in Yerushalayim. But now he has much more time to, to do it. The, food, it's not, the, the money's not rotting away. So whenever he's able to, then he brings it to Yerushalayim. And this so... Fine, that's the halacha. Another example of something that can be redeemed is hektish. If I have a, a, a table, right, and I say this table, and if you have a, a table that's owned by the base of the you can't use it. You're not allowed to use it. It's owned by hektish. But you are able to redeem it. So I can say this table, which is owned by the base of is worth $500. So I take $500 and I say the kedusha on this table should transfer over to the $500. Now the table can be used by anyone, and the $500 is now owned by Hektish. So says, but, 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 but here, here's, the, here's the point. When you do such a pidgin, when you do such a, a redemption, whether it be for Maishasheni, or whether it be for a table that's owned by Hektish, the halach is that l'chatchila, what you're supposed to do is not just redeem the actual value, $1,000, $1,000, you know, what you're supposed to do is add a fifth. So let's say the like I said, the table's worth $500. So you're redeeming it not just on $500. You should redeem it on $500 plus a fifth, plus a fifth of $500. And so that additional fifth that you're supposed to add to the redemption is lechatchila. That's what you're supposed to do. Says the Mishnah, let's say a person redeemed Meiser Shani or redeemed Hekdish, but did not add a fifth. And so says the Mishnah, technically, it means that the food that was just redeemed, the Meister Shani food, or let's say it wasn't a table of Hektish, let's say it was food that was owned by Hektish, technically it's mutter, technically it's mutter. But it's still inappropriate because you should have added that fifth. You didn't, it's not ma'akev, the pidgin still worked. Again, this is another example, of the, the final example of the mission of what, of giving us food that's not appropriate. You should not, you know, it, 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 it got to your mouth inappropriately, but the mice it's not shreif. You should have added a fifth to the redemption, you didn't, Okay, you did something wrong, but you can't say the food is treif. Technically, it was redeemed properly. Okay, let's just try to try to work through the Mishnah relatively quickly now, because now everything should be a lot easier. Another example, Hashamish Shachal Gezayis. Another example of food that can be used for Zimun is food that's being eaten by the waiter. Let's say you have two people, two yidin sitting at a table eating, and then there's a, a Jewish waiter that's, circ that's circulating the room. And he's also eating. 
So says the Mishnah, although he's not sitting down with you, a waiter is still considered part of the meal and you can account him for a zimun as well. Another example, the Hakusi. Hakusi is, is, uh, was a group of people that, had a, that converted to Judaism going way back in the times of the Vesamigdash. They converted to Judaism, but it was always questionable whether their conversion was proper. And this mission is telling us that this, the, the, the opinion of this mission is that a Kusi is considered a Jew. So again, nowadays we don't have uh, these people so much, but in those days there was a group of people, the Kusim, who were semi-religious and their conversion was questionable. It says the Mishnah, the opinion of this mission is that their, that their conversion was good. The Zamalayim, all these things are good for Zim. Now the Mishnah goes through everything we just said in the reverse. In other words, examples where it's Mamish Treif. Says the Mishnah, Avel, however, Achal Tevel, just end with this, Achal Tevel, if you ate Mamish Tevel, in other words, Truma wasn't taken off, um, uh, Maisa wasn't taken off, it's Mamish, uh, nothing was taken off, then, then it's Mamish Treif. Or Maisa Rishan, or let's say that Levi, right? Remember the case of where he comes early and takes his tenth? Let's say he takes his tenth early, but he's, he doesn't take off the tenth of that to give to a kind. So now his tenth is still treif. Mom is treif. Or Meiser Shani the Hektishalainiftu. Or let's say it's Meiser Shani food that's supposed to be in your Shalayan, or it's food that's owned by the base of Migdash, and you didn't redeem it, and you're not eating any Shalayan. So it's Mamish, uh, it's Mamish treif. Or Vashamishaqalpachis or let's say it's a waiter. But he didn't eat a full kazais. So if he didn't eat a full kazais of bread, then you're not going to be counted for a zimun either. Or the hanachri, mamish agai, right? A kusi is maybe Jewish, but a nachri means a guy. Mamish agai, emazam aleim. We don't do we don't do zimun at all. So um, that's the mission is talking about. This is the fundamental idea. Again, kosher food or food that's you know even if it's you know it shouldn't be eaten, but you can't class, but but it cannot be classified as treif. You could do zeman. If it's mamish, uh, mamish tray food, then there's no zeman on it as well. By the way, just, just to end off very, very quickly, the Rishonim have a discussion based in this Mishnah. The Mishnah is talking about, let's say, tray food that you can't do zeman on. What about making a bracha on it? Like we're talking about zeman. What about, can you make a bracha on tray food? So it's machlokas between the Rambam and the Ravid. It's machlokas Rishonim. Some Rishonim say, well, you see from the Mishnah that the whole issue that they're talking about is making a zeman. But it sounds like brachas-wise, you do make a bracha on non-kosher food. Other Rishonim say, no, even though the example that the Mishnah is talking about is zeman, it's not just an example, but the truth is it's much more broad. Tray food, you're not going to make a bracha on as well. Allah um, Lamaisa, so it's a, it's a question in the Shulchan Aruch as well. Um, the best eights is not to eat tray food. And then uh, you avoid this uh, bracha shiloh. That's, uh, that's the best eights. But, uh, but the idea is, again, just to end off uh, on an idea, is that, you know, the issue of making a bracha on tray food or the idea of a bracha is, is not just to thank Hashem about something. It's about giving us the, the spiritual tools to find the kedusha that's contained in that food. Anything that you eat, anything that you eat, the idea is to take that food into your body and to allow the energy that's contained in that food to be used in our Hashem. And so a bracha is a tool that, that Chazal gave us in order to sort of hone in on that potential in that food and to use it properly. And so tray food has energy, but, it's, but the holiness the, and the potential holiness of that food, of that energy is not much locked up. And it's very, very difficult for it to be opened up. And therefore there's a question whether a bracha could be said.
The main thing is to eat kosher food and to make brachas properly. And then uh, we'll have all the energy that we need and we'll be see how this shrine that we need to serve Hashem. Okay, Nashukach, everybody. Everyone should have an amazing day. Yes.